from electronic fuel injection to the power sports toys that fuel your weekends, join Walbro each month for Talk and Shop as we discuss all the machines that make life better. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Talk and Shop with Walbro. I'm talking to Bob McHugh, the Channel Marketing Director at Walbro. Bob, good to talk to you today, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler. It's good to be back. Number three, I thought after doing a couple with Daniel, he wouldn't have me back, but <laughs> it's, it's good to be back. We've got a couple of podcasts in the can from uh, January and July, so uh, let's, let's have a good one here. Yeah, if people haven't checked out the first two podcasts, um, what are they missing out on, Bob? What do they need to go back and hear from those first two uh, if, if this is the first one that they're hearing? Well, back in January, we touched on something near and dear to any company that is dealing with engines, and that was fuel. And it was mainly the amount of ethanol that goes into fuel, traditionally E10. We talked about how the government is wanting to ramp that up to E15 and E85, which is 85% ethanol, has been out there, and how the higher the ethanol content, basically anything beyond E10, Tyler, is caustic and corrosive to outdoor power equipment, power sports, golf carts, etc. So that was kind of the message from January and then we took a little hiatus should have gotten another one in there but waited and got one in July that one we talked about more evaporative emissions in how Walbro is redesigning products to meet evaporative emissions and we focused on a new impulse fuel pump so that fuel pump is being introduced kind of as we speak and I'll talk to that as we talk about kind of the changes in the company and then kind of production shifts within Walbro. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if you missed out on the first two episodes, those are really good synopses. You can listen to them either on marketscale.com or also on Walbro's website as well. So make sure that you go and check out those uh, those previous episodes. Now, Bob, we're kind of coming to the end of August now, entering towards that fall season. Uh, if you're like me and you live in a place where the weather is hot, uh, that, that, that cool fall weather can't come soon enough kind of as we get towards the, the end of the dog days of summer. Am I right? Oh. I, I couldn't agree more. I was, I just got back from a couple of days, took my daughter to college, my first child to go off to college in California and was expecting nice cooler weather and it was hot. Came back <laughs> to where I live, Arizona, and we've had 107, 106 degrees, but it is Labor Day, which having grown up in Michigan, Monday Labor Day always signaled kind of the end of summer. So mm -hmm. kids are going back to school. My youngest daughter's been in school for a couple of weeks here, but with the end of summer, it's kind of a time within Walboro where we kind of have this little bit of a lull. We look back on the first half of the year and kind of assess where we're at. So happy to report We've had a really good first half of the year. Our sales have been slightly above budget, which keeps everybody happy within the company. And a lot of that's driven by what our CEO calls the transformation of the business to what we call Walbro 2.0. Mm -hmm. And for now it's been 69 years, 
Walbrough traditionally produced mechanical systems, mechanical carburetors. Um, that even though we're, we do electronic ignitions, we're still known as a carburetor company. Well, with Walbrough 2.0, what we're coming out with, and we've done a portion of this for years, but it's really a phase shift, uh, namely fuel injection, electronic fuel injection for new markets, mm -hmm. uh, lawn and garden tractors for uh, golf cart applications, and really kind of is the, the market is shifting and, and basically bringing on new volume. And then the other major item is fuel tank manufacturing. And that we've done for years, but it just continues to grow. So as, as our CEO always points out, the kind of the three pillars of Walbro 2.0 are electronic fuel injection and how that's getting more mainstream the fuel tank manufacturing, which is the, the majority of that manufacturing is in our plant in Michigan. We do have smaller production in a plant in Thailand. And then die casting, where we opened up a die cast operation next to our plant in Las Mochas, Mexico. And that's uh, it, it feeds into our production plants, but we're also marketing diecast products to outside customers. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up those uh, those locations that you have, not just around the country, but around the world, really. So you have production locations in Mexico, in Thailand, uh, and in other places. So what are some of the, the production changes maybe that you're seeing take place these days uh, now that we've kind of gotten through half of the year? So it, it, you hit on it. We have manufacturing in Michigan, in the small town Cass City, Michigan, Mexico, Las Mochas, Mexico, uh, Chambori, Thailand, Miyagi, Japan, and then Tianjin, China. And the way we've set our business up, we want to be located near where our customers are. So as customers would shift production, we would shift production to match where we are because we are a supplier to engine manufacturers. So we kind of would chase our customers around. The biggest changes that we've had coming on is with the electronic fuel injection in the die casting, we are setting up that center of expertise in our plant in Mexico. And coupled with that, we all know the labor shortages. We hear about it here in North America. Well, it's the same situation in Mexico. And mm -hmm. Walbro was innovative and it's, it's been in the works for probably a, two years at least, but we opened the only daycare center tied directly to a production facility in Mexico. And it, it was met with great fanfare with government officials coming to the opening. And of course it has to be a certified facility as well for the safety of the kids. And that helps us with getting workers. So employees mm -hmm. can get reduced rates for daycare. Their children are right there at the plant. They can go see them on breaks, et cetera. So again, Mexico Center of Expertise for Electronic Fuel Injection and Die Casting. Um, Cass City, Michigan, as I said, continues to expand with their multi-layer fuel tank production. And those fuel tanks go on anything from 
handheld power equipment, string trimmers, blowers, up to lawn and garden applications, which would be ZTR zero turning radius mowers, lawn and garden tractors, as well as snowmobiles and ATVs. And then the final thing, and we talked about this in the July podcast, is the production of the fuel pumps. They're impulse fuel pumps that are today manufactured in Mexico. And that production is shifting to Japan, which not many companies could probably say, we're moving production out of a low cost country to a much higher cost country, but we're doing it through automation. That's really interesting that 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 automation aspect of it, and so that that's something that's um, that's certainly exciting, and maybe something that um, that you're excited about for the future. Would that would that be right? Correct. And what it is, it it takes any operator variability out of the equation. So hmm. this impulse pumps consists of say six, seven, eight components. Um, there are, as I saw from a, a video, two employees that work in this cell, but unlike the current production that was much more labor intensive, a couple of workers, I'm sure there's some uh, people who assist with stocking bins, et cetera, for uh, robots that would be putting components into the fuel pump. And then uh, the whole fuel pump is ultrasonically welded, and that gets back to helping with the emissions uh, portion of the fuel pump, as well as, as we talked, it isn't just the ultrasonic welding, it is also improved diaphragm material. But yeah, mm -hmm. some real interesting production changes. So again, very excited with the transformation of Walbro from, again, mechanical to electronic fuel injection. We've had great success in 2019 with the launch of fuel injection on EasyGo golf carts. That is a huge shift for uh, EasyGo going from full carburation to full electronic fuel injection, where many companies will say, okay, we're gonna do 50% of our product, we're gonna keep carburation, and then 50% fuel injection. They went 100% fuel injection, and it's been really successful. Well, that's fantastic to hear. That sounds like uh, some great news and some, some exciting stuff that's happened so far just in 2019. We still have uh, a few months to go. So what, what are some uh, what, what are some things that people should be aware of from a maintenance perspective heading into the fall? Uh, maybe <laughs> if you live in a place that gets some cooler weather and things like that, it, it, as the calendar begins to turn that direction, um, what are some uh, things from your perspective that, that are important for maintenance? Well, as, as we said, dog days of summer kind of coming to a close. Uh, yep, the grass continues to grow, but people are looking at what shifts take place in the fall. They're mowing the lawn less. They're using their string trimmers less. They're looking more at that leaf blower that, yeah, they use it, but suddenly for uh, fall maintenance, leaf blowers and chainsaws come out. And then guess what? Not far behind is snow throwers. So as, as fall comes along and you're putting that equipment away, as we've talked, it's all about how do you maintain that equipment? Uh, it is, uh, do you drain the fuel? Yes, you wanna use a fuel maintenance product. Walbro offers our scented fuel treatment. Go back to the podcast in January. 
where we were launching fuel treatment, we've uh, now got our 12 ounce fuel treatment bottle that will be showing here in October at GIE. Um, so again, how do you maintain that equipment? The best way is emptying the fuel tank, making sure you've got a fuel treatment when you're doing that. Uh, many people will fog their engines, so they will use a fogging oil to make sure that the cylinder is um, properly lubricated. Um, yeah, so that's kind of about it with the maintenance as you're in. And I was focusing on lawn mowers. It's the same thing with a string trimmer. You'll empty that fuel. You make sure that you've used a fuel treatment to keep the diaphragms and those carburetors uh, pliable and the inlet needle from, we call it mm -hmm. corking, where it would absolutely stick. And then you need that blower. And I know for myself, I've got a chainsaw I'm looking at. I have some maintenance. I'm helping uh, a group in October with maintaining a cross-country track here that my daughter runs on. And, uh, yep, I got to get the chainsaw out, make sure it's running. I haven't run it for six, nine months. And hopefully the maintenance I took, which I preach it, hopefully I did it right and we'll, we'll fill it up and, <laughs> and get it to start. If not, I go through the same thing our customers call us every day. I need to replace the diaphragms in the carburetor. I need to put in a new inlet needle and hopefully the heat hasn't gotten to the fuel line. Yeah, absolutely. Now you mentioned snow throwers. Uh, me being in Texas and you being in Arizona, I don't know how much of uh, how much of that we're going to be doing this year. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to be too terribly sad to see my uh, lawnmower going to hibernation for a couple months. Mm. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, and uh, Daniel and I laughed because it was last spring when the polar vortex hit. That's right. And it was it was about the time when everybody was getting their lawn and garden equipment, mainly the, the landscape companies were taking it into the uh, maintenance facilities and the polar vortex hit and there was a run on getting every snow thrower that really hadn't been running much through the winter. So suddenly these repair shops are having to set aside their spring, let's get the, the equipment ready to now we need to get these customers with their snow throwers up and running because we have snow hitting hard. Right. So, you know, most most people with snow throwers, it's, you know, they, they know to get them out if it's November, December and, uh, and, and get it primed and ready. And that includes much more than just the engine. They've got um, the whole auger system to worry about. I actually did have a gentleman about a week ago come to me with an old Jacobson snow thrower and I laughed. I said, man, you are Johnny on the spot because here it is August and you're already maintaining your snow thrower. Ooh, that is some, uh, that's some, that's some preparation ahead of time. That's, that's thinking ahead more than I've ever done in my life, Bob. So that's, uh, yeah, that's no impressive. Yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> now, we, we, we mentioned earlier that, uh, that you have a lot of facilities that are close to your customers. That's kind of why you're based in, you know, where, where you are in Japan, Thailand, United States, Mexico. But you also have a number of niche markets that you've kind of expanded into as 2019 has gone along. Tell us a little bit more about that, some of the, some of the niche markets that you've been serving more of recently. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting as we've put some new eyes on this parts and service group that 
typically I've, I've worked in, I've spent quite a few years in, we, uh, we've had the whole radio control market, which is a really interesting market. So we're talking radio controlled airplanes, uh, radio controlled cars, even little dragsters. And they, they typically will find a carburetor that works they have blogs and they'll say, oh, here's a carburetor that works on this engine. And Walbro's kind of from a distance said, well, that's fine. I mean, it's, you know, if they work, we can't put a lot of time into it because they're very small markets. But we've actually had some companies come direct to us for a number of reasons, carburetors they're not able to get any longer. So we've kind of focused on them and, you know, trying to help them with unique calibrations. And the nice thing about these groups, first of all, one thing I did not realize is that for the radio control airplanes, unlike a chainsaw or a string trimmer where you either run it at idle or wide open throttle. They oftentimes run it part throttle, which is kind of an area that we've never really worried about. So they kind of have some unique, um, I would call it calibration issues if you're doing a ground up look at how to satisfy these customers. But the other thing they're really good at is testing out new things. So. Many of them have not heard of our new spiral diaphragm, which has been out for a couple of years, but because it's not been used widespread with our original equipment manufacturers, these groups, as they've gotten hold of these, which they are ethanol compliant, which we've talked about how ethanol affects the diaphragms and the carburetors, we've really been successful in getting groups looking at that. So. There's an upcoming radio control show in Pomona, California that I put on my calendar and said, yeah, I definitely want to go there and, you know, see what they're up against. We'll probably set up a very small booth and just be there to talk to people. The other one we've been contacted on is drones. And these are more military type drones. And they're doing the same type thing. They're using carburetors that they stumbled upon. They had somebody determine, well, I was talking to one company and they're using carburetors that were developed over 20 years ago. And, oh, wow. you know, said, you know, there's a lot of changes in 20 years. Let's take a couple of weeks, get you a newer design, something that won't become obsolete, perhaps. That would be my first concern but also get them the latest and greatest technology. Again, a spiral diaphragm, an ethanol compliant primer bulb. So interesting, um, you know, we're just getting going with these and uh, we'll see where it takes us. Absolutely, well, it sounds like it's been a, an exciting year so far and there's still, uh, what, four months left. So uh, plenty of things left to come for, uh, for Walbro in 2019. Right, and this is the time of year where as, as I said, we kind of come through this period midsummer where, uh, you know, it's a little slower for our business. We get caught up on a lot of things. Um, frankly, we had some real uh, strong production demands out of our customers. So we've kind of caught back up. We take our breath, but guess what? We're looking at October, November. 
how do we ramp up? Because we always have to be ahead of our customers from a production standpoint. So as quick as we have a, a you know a four, six week kind of catch our breath, our production plants are gearing up for what we call our busy season, which would be kind of November, December through April, May. And that's where the, you know, the majority of the product is built. So mm-hmm. lawn and garden product, you build kind of through Memorial Day, sells off through midsummer, and then you kind of start the whole cycle again. Absolutely. Well, take that deep breath and uh, get ready to, to, for the busy season because that's uh, just right around the corner then. Uh, Bob McHugh, the Channel Marketing Director at Walbro, thank you so much for joining me here on this episode of Talk and Shop, and I look forward to doing it again soon. Okay, well, thank you very much, Tyler. It was great talking to you, and uh, look forward to doing this again here in a month or two. 